Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today uh, is sponsored uh, in the loving memory of Rabbanit Madeline Pinto, Annette Amos, his mother, and Shema Rabbanit, Mazava Tzimcha, sponsored by Annette and Gabriel Amos, as well, Rafuashema for uh, the surgery for Natan Aharon Halevi Ben Ruth. As well, loving memory of their beloved father, Lishmat Shlomo Yosef Ben Regina, and in honor of Rabbi Fari's family's wedding. May the whole family only hear Bissorot Tovot and have much nachat from the new couple, Bezat Hashem. Sponsored by Laura and Mauricio Sion, Azaku Baruch. The week of Kobu, sponsored by David E. Ash, in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. Breakfast in the class is dedicated in celebration of the birth of their son, Harel Asher Barzilai. Sponsored by Shiba and Orion Barzilai, Shabuatov. And Mabruk, uh, breakfast on the class, also dedicated loving memory, Ludish Batabayitzchak, sponsored by Alea Shalom, sponsored by Shiv Vazilai. And uh, in dedicated honor of the amazing rabbis at Safra uh, of the kids' program on Purim night and the Megillah reading, sponsored by the Dufunis family, that's a direct shout out for Cody Hakimian, uh, as well sponsored by Stephen Rapport. The Breakfast King, in celebration of, mar- of the marriage of Rabbi and Rabbanit Chaim Levi's daughter, Shira to Yosef Chaim. And as well, loving memory of Victor's mo- mother, Alice Franco, Shalom, sponsored by Alice and Victor Franco, and dedicated for the Ben sponsored by Ruti and Rafi Fuzailov, and finally, uh, Breakfast on the Test has been sponsored by Mayor Abta. Thank, thank you so much, Rabotai, for joining us on the journey of the sponsorships. Always happens if I miss a day because uh, of the celebrations or if I'm not feeling well. So they catch up and I thank you for your indulgence. Okay. So there's a pasuk that I've been thinking a lot about over the last couple of days. I spoke a little bit about it at the beautiful wedding last night of uh, Albert Haddad and uh, and his magnificent bride, Danielle uh, Danielle Beda. Uh, there's a pasuk in the parasha, and this is the pasuk I want to talk to you guys about. The pasuk is, Vayishma Moshe, and Moshe heard, What's the case? Let's give you the backstory. Moshe Rabbeinu brings the korbanot, and after bringing the korbanot, he, uh, he comes to Aaron and he asks, he wants to know, Aaron and, your, and his children, why did you not eat from the korban? You should have eaten from the korban. Aaron Akwen basically was, and he's upset, and because it's you know they're inaugurating the Mishkan finally, they don't want to get it wrong. They don't want Hashem's Shekhinah not to uh, appear, not to come take the korbanot. So Aaron answers him back and he tells him why, what his intentions were, in not, in not eating from the korban. And it turns out that after understanding uh, what Aharon's response was, Moshe, he listens, he hears, and what's his response? He doesn't double down on an argument, on a position, just because he was the one who put it forward. He doesn't uh, become a petty person and start bringing up other things, other fights, other issues. What does he do? He does one thing and one thing only. Now, this question, this idea that that Moshe Rabbeinu could have had an argument with his brother and he could have had a fight, he could have been upset, he could, not, could have not understood. And what was required was 
to listen. That idea that if you listen, in the end, uh, a person can find themselves uh, being okay, even in difficult scenarios, is a complicated issue. And let me explain why it's complicated. Because most people, when you hear the other person's side of the story, you say, okay, I listen. Want me to listen? Okay, I'm listening. Go. What do you guys say? You know, remember that song? Hit me with your best shot. Remember that song? Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Go. I'm ready. Go. And the person's like, well, I thought, I said, I did. I, I love quoting my dear friend, Rabbi Daniel Rowe. Rabbi Daniel Rowe said, we judge other people by their intentions and ourselves by the outcome. So in other words, if uh, you, you hurt someone's feelings, you break their heart, what do you say? I didn't mean to. It was not my intention. That wasn't what I was trying to say. That wasn't what I meant to do. I didn't intend for you to feel that way. So you're saying, look, it's true, I, I hurt you, but, but I didn't intend to. We judge other people by their intentions. What happens though if someone hurts you and they say, well, I didn't mean to make you feel bad, what do you say? Well, you did. So there's an incongruence, an inconsistency. The way we judge ourselves and the way we judge other people. So part of the challenge, my friends, in this idea of Vaishma Moshe is that a person needs to be truly listening. And there are a lot of people who listen, who literally do not hear a word. And to all the men that are listening to this recording, and to the women, <laughs> to the women who suffer with them. Just because you could repeat what she said back, does not mean you heard her. In every home across America, that she's like, you didn't hear what I said. And the guy's like, I did hear what you said. You said six cucumbers and nine potatoes. And you somehow, even though you actually were not paying attention, the short span recall of the male brain, especially when his wife is talking to him, is remarkable. You can be doing a bunch of other things, you repeat it back, it doesn't mean you heard. Well maybe, let me rephrase, maybe you heard, it doesn't mean you were listening. Vayishma Moshe. Moshe actually listens to Aaron. Now, in the scenario here, what Aaron was saying was Aaron was saying that I have a halakha of, uh, of a person who just suffered a tremendous loss. And again, to go into the minutia of what the conversation was between Moshe and Aaron in the halakha of the korban and the eating, the kohen, the kohen gadol, kohen gadol eats even though he's an avel, Aaron said back, no, I'm not an avel, I'm an onat. Etc., etc., etc. We're not going to get into the conversation, what it was. But Aharon's response was that I have the halachic status of someone who's just suffered a tremendous loss. Now, you could have someone, unfortunately, you could have someone who is trying to communicate to you why something happened or the way it happened, and you could be a person who is cruel when you are listening. And let me explain. Let's say a guy comes to Beit Knesset, turns up late, 
The rabbi is like, we've been waiting for you for a minyan for two hours. What's going on? So long. You can come on time. The guy says, I'm a Avel. Sorry, you know, I'm in the middle of Avelut. We didn't, I had to come to the Be'er Knesset. I got, you know, to close with the grip. But the, the rabbi says, Avel's not patur from Shaharit. Is the rabbi wrong? No, Avel has to pray Shaharit. <laughs> but, but you didn't hear what he said. He wasn't talking to you at all, perhaps, about a halachic issue. He wasn't answering that the halacha says he's patur. I mean, in Aharon's case, it's different. But what he's, this man in the example is talking about is he's saying, I'm all over the place. Maybe he's saying, I'm not sleeping at night because I'm Avel. Maybe, maybe because I'm Avel, I'm not sleeping, I didn't hear the alarm. Maybe that's what he means. But until you listen carefully, you'll never know what he really meant. <clears throat> and therefore, this result that we're looking for, Vayitav Be'enav, it will remain elusive. So, I don't know if you notice, but let's say you're having a conversation with someone. So, some people, when you're having a conversation with them, you can tell that they're really only waiting for you to shut up so it can be their turn to talk. Right, you ever feel that? You're middle talking. You're like, oh, so then I was like, oh, you're not finished? That's the great one. Are you not finished? Oh, I'm so sorry for delaying your next comment. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. A person like that, it's impossible that they're listening. Because effectively, while you're talking, what are they doing? Do you remember in the old games, the old shooter games we used to play? The gun, right when you're a kid, the arcades, the guy's running through the thing, shooting everybody, you know? And there's always that item where you put the pedal, and the guy goes like, heke. He hides under the rock, and then he comes up and he shoots. <laughs> right, and he comes up and he shoots, and you hide under the rock, what do you do? You need to hide under there for 10 seconds. Because the 10 seconds you hide, what does it do? You're reloading for ammo. Some people in a conversation, the only thing that happens while you're talking is they are reloading the ammo so that when it's their turn, they've got what to say. One of the challenges, my friends, in listening is in actually silencing your own inner voices when the other person is talking. Trying not to have your brain running at 100 miles an hour while they say it they're like, you know, well, I said, it. you're like, oh, that's great. Oh, I can tell them that it's not my fault because you're, you're mining for ammo. If that's what you're doing, you're not listening to the person. You're listening to their words. My friends, that secret, that secret of how to be an effective listener is so important. Are you listening to their words or are you listening to the person? I quote all the time the, the Pasuk in Melachim when Shilomo HaMelech was gifted. He was gifted a gift by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God said you could choose whatever you want. What do you want me to give you? And Shilomo said, I'm now a very young king. He was Bar Mitzvah age. You know, he's so young at the time he's, uh, he's, he's, he becomes king of the Jewish people. And he asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he asks him, please, that he should have a lev 
shomeya, a heart that listens. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, wow, what you asked for is so amazing. And therefore, I'm going to grant your request. And what am I going to give you? What does God say? What do you think God should say? He asked for lev shomea, a listening heart. So God says, your wish is my command. What am I going to give you? A listening heart. That's what Hashem should say. But Hashem doesn't say that. He says, because you asked such a beautiful thing, I'm going to give you what you asked for. A lev, right? Chacham v'navon. A wise and understanding heart. And what we learn from God's rephrasing, what did God do? He took Shulamo's listening heart, he ran it through Microsoft synonyms, right? You know when you click on the Windows synonyms, you drop down menu? And what does God equate a listening heart with? A wise and understanding heart. If a person wants to be wise and understanding, the only way they can do that, the only way, is if they're actually listening. When you're listening, you're growing. When you're listening, you're learning. When you're listening, you're meeting and understanding the other person. But don't listen like we say with your ears. Listen with your heart. You're not hearing what they're saying. You're hearing where the person is. Most times, when people are explaining to you, to you or they're excusing themselves, or they're trying to tell you why they did something that made you so angry, what are they actually explaining? They're not usually explaining why they did something. Usually they're explaining why they are the way they are in this moment. But that's the difference between a heart that's listening and ears that are listening. An ear hears only excuses. A heart can understand what the person is really trying to say. And recognize that actually they just were incapable of another choice of action in that scenario. Now, to be clear, not every time you have a wise, understanding, listening heart, does the listening justify what they've done. But there's many times that a true listening with your heart to the other person, it doesn't help you justify it doesn't make it correct, but it helps you understand. I think those two words, a heart which is wise and understanding. Wise means, oh, now it's right. Here's the chokhmah. This is why it was correct. Now it makes sense. The second part of the heart says no. It understands. Now let me give you an example of what happens in the aftermath of Shilomo being granted, being gifted, his Lev Shomea. Pasuk says that the people came to the king to rule on their cases and two women turned up to the king. There were two women living in one house. They each gave birth to a baby. They brought the baby home. They had the baby with them lying in the bed. And one of the mothers, Hazit, in the middle of the night, she rolled over onto her baby in her sleep. She suffocates the baby her baby dies. The mother wakes up to a dead baby. She's broken hearted. What does she do? She takes the baby. She swaps the baby with the other ladies. 
She puts the baby next to her ladies, puts the living baby next to her. Other lady wakes up, she says, your baby's dead, your baby's passed away. Something must have happened during the night. The lady starts screaming, what are you talking about? This is not my baby, it's your baby. They're yelling, they're screaming, they're killing each other. They come to Shilamu Amelech's court. The first lady says, my baby. The second lady says, my baby. Shilamu Amelech thinks, he says, look, there's no real way to figure this out. No real way to, uh, to, fig- to, to work out this very complex issue. My ruling is, he says, that we should bring a sword, chop the baby in half, give one half to you, and one half to you. Both of you are asking for the baby, you know, can't determine whose it is, impossible to know. They didn't have DNA testing, yeah? Uh, and everyone will get a half. The first lady, whose baby was dead, who, this was not a baby, she says, you know what? That's, that's fair. First of all, you think to yourself, what kind of majnoon lady is this? Chop the baby in half, she goes, what is she going to do with half the baby? What, is that? what are you going to do with that? All right, what? In what world does that help? The other lady says, please, please don't, don't harm, harm my baby. If that's the ruling, I give up my claim, let her have the baby. Shalom Amel said, that's the mother. Now, I always thought this was so interesting. Because remember, this is the aftermath of a lev chacham menavon, a wise heart. But the wisdom of Shilomo's heart in setting the, up this scenario was actually all about a lev shomea. Not listening, she said this, she said that. Hearing, how could it be? Like a mother, she would never say that. This is what a mother would say. Not the words, but where the person is coming from. A mother's love could not allow her to accept such a ruling. So the woman that's going to say, out of giving up my claim, now it's, par- it's literally paradoxical. You'd think that the woman that gives up her claim, that's the woman who it doesn't belong, it's not her baby. But actually, Shilomo HaMelech understands that you don't listen to the words that someone is saying. There are times when a person is trying their best to say sorry, and you won't accept it because you'll say what? That's not an apology. And you know what? Who's right? You're right. It's not an apology. But this is the best that they can muster. And you know what? For this person to give a quarter, a half, a fingernail of an apology, it's like killing them. So sometimes you can hear the opposite of what you think you need to hear with your ears, but what are you hearing if you listen with your heart? That this person is so stubborn, or they're so broken, or they're so angry, or they're so empty, or they're so alone, or they're so deprived. They'll say anything, but say the thing that you need them to say. They could say you were right, they can't say I was wrong. They could say I was wrong, they can't say you were right. They could say, I'm sorry you took it that way. They can't say, I'm sorry I did that. They can't take ownership. So sometimes a person thinks, okay, that's their problem, not mine. And you're right. You see, you're right. Your lev chacham is right on point. You're right, they're wrong. But ultimately, is it going to teach them a lesson? If you're thinking properly, oftentimes not. So then, 
In what way is this helping the situation? The Lev Navon, the understanding heart, understands that if I know not what this person is saying, but what they are. Shulamu HaMelech was looking not for what they said, but which one of these people had a mother's heart? Who was she? And he isolates and figures it out by hearing the Rahmanut of the mother, even though she's saying the opposite of what she means. It's not my baby. What does that mean? If you're listening with your heart, it is my baby. My friends, this idea is such a powerful concept. And, and oftentimes, it's the difference between a person living with anger and resentment and a person being able to have vayitav be'enav. It's good in their eyes. They can look at the situation after having heard properly what they heard and be okay. That's, that's a special thing. That's a special thing. And unfortunately, you know what I think is so interesting? You know, you think these people, people have ADHD, they can't listen. Why? Hazi, they have ADD, ADHD, 100%. But the same ADHD guy in a business meeting, he's listening very carefully to every word that the buyers of wherever are saying. Right? He's listening very carefully. And he's making sure to take care of, right, of what they want and what they need. Because he understands the importance of what that means, right? For Parnassah. So you look at someone and you recognize that actually a lot of times they're saving their capacity to listen for a certain frame, a certain lane. And when they're in another lane, their capacity for listening is just not there. So they're just not actually hearing anything that you're really communicating. They're not hearing it. I love the idea of the language of communication itself. Do you know what communication means? The root of communication comes from the word commune, which means to come together. It's not two people standing in different places talking at each other. It's two people using words to draw closer together. And it doesn't have to mean in a relationship. You have a buyer and a seller, right? The buyer and the seller have no, they're not friends. You know, they're not uh, partners. They're not family. But I have a need and you have a need. Let's come together to come to an agreement where each of us is giving the other what the other needs. Communication is only something that brings those two sides closer. And so many, so many people think that they need to come up with the right thing to say. And they'll plan and they'll strategize, what should I say, how should I say, what if he says this, what's the appropriate response, and it's all about they think. But that's not communication, oftentimes. Oftentimes, the more you talk, the further away you're getting from the other person. Because oftentimes, all they need is to be heard. They just need to hear it. So the buyer, the seller is telling you, look, I can't sell it for $2. I can't sell it for $2. I bought it for $2.50. Right? That's what the seller says. Buyer says, 
I'm not giving you a dime over two dollars. The guy says, but I bought it for two fifty. Not one dime. Get lost. What did the buyer need to tell the seller? It's true you bought it for two fifty. But the price in the marketplace has now dropped to one ninety. If you go anywhere else, they're giving you less than what I'm giving you. I'm giving you two because you have the stock. I'm here now. I need the thing to stock my store. I'm willing to give you something which is over. It's terrible. We're all suffering with with different stock, different stuff. You give the person the empathy. You tell them you understand them. All he wanted to do was to cry on your shoulder for two seconds. And he knows it's not worth more than two bucks. And that he, the fact that he spent two fifty is irrelevant. What did he need to hear? Not that his goods are worth more than they're worth. He needs to hear some commiseration. It must be so difficult. It must be so difficult to buy a product which you know the price. It's been that price always. And then some random thing happens in China. Supply, ch- supply chains shut down. Price goes through the roof. You buy those goods. Now the supply chain's open. Now the same goods that you had last week, they're 30% less. It's so tough. I know what you're going through. I also got stuck with goods like that. That's the person they want to sell to. So stop for a second. Don't listen to the words. Think about communication as a tool that brings you closer to another person. And the only way you'll know what they need to hear from you and what they're looking for is if you're listening with your heart. Baruch Amen